Environment Today is a podcast about the current state of our planet's environment and ways to contribute to the health and prosperity of our ecosystem. Content presented by Amy and James Sharp. I'm James Sharp. And I'm Amy Sharp. All information being discussed today is from the report Climate Change 2021, The Physical Science Basis, Contribution of Working Group 1 to the Sixth Assessment Report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. For a complete copy of this report, please visit www.ipcc.ch. Environment Today's podcast will bring this and other current scientific reports on our environment putting these details into layman's terms as much as possible. You will receive a great deal more information than you would hear or read in short blurbs of daily news briefings. We want to bring you all the key facts in detail and then provide real-life solutions that you can implement after hearing the facts of each report. Introduction This summary for policymakers presents key findings of the Working Group 1 contribution to the IPCC's sixth assessment report, also known as AR6, on the physical science basis of climate change. The report builds upon the 2013 Working Group 1 contribution to the IPCC's fifth assessment report, also known as AR5 and the 2018 to 2019 IPCC Special Report of the AR6 cycle and incorporates subsequent new evidence from climate science. This summary for policymakers provides a high-level summary of the understanding of the current state of the climate, including how it is changing and the role of human influence the state of knowledge about possible climate futures, climate information relevant to regions and sectors, and limiting human-induced climate change. Based on scientific understanding, key findings can be formulated as statements of fact or associated with an assessed level of confidence indicated using the IPCC-calibrated language. The scientific basis for each key finding is found in chapter sections of the main report and in the integrated synthesis presented in the technical summary. The AR6 Working Group 1 Interactive Atlas facilitates exploration of these key synthesis findings and supporting climate change information across the Working Group 1 reference regions. A. The Current State of the Climate Since AR5 in 2013 Improvements in observationally based estimates and information from paleoclimate archives provide a comprehensive view of each component of the climate system and its changes to date. New Climate Model Simulations new analysis, and methods combining multiple lines of evidence lead to improved understanding of human influence on a wider range of climate variables, 
including weather and climate extremes. The time periods considered throughout this section depend upon the availability of observational products, paleoclimate archives, and peer-reviewed studies. It is unequivocal that human influence has warmed the atmosphere, ocean, and land. Widespread and rapid changes in the atmosphere, ocean, cryosphere, and biosphere have occurred. Observed increases in well-mixed greenhouse gas concentrations since around 1750 are unequivocally caused by human activities. Since 2011, measurements reported in AR5, concentrations have continued to increase in the atmosphere, reaching annual averages of 410 parts per million for carbon dioxide, 1,866 parts per billion for methane, and 332 parts per billion for nitrous oxide. Land and ocean have taken up a near-constant proportion, globally about 56% per year, of CO2 emissions from human activities over the past six decades, with regional differences. Each of the last four decades has been successively warmer than any decade that preceded it since 1850. Global surface temperature in the first two decades of the 21st century, 2001 to 2020, was approximately 0.99 degrees Celsius higher than 1850 to 1900. Global surface temperature was approximately 1.09 degrees Celsius higher in 2011 to 2020 than 1850 to 1900 with larger increases over land, approximately 1.59 degrees Celsius, than over the ocean, approximately 0.88 degrees Celsius. The estimated increase in global surface temperature since AR5 is principally due to further warming since 2003 to 2012 by approximately 0.19 degrees Celsius. Additionally, methodological advances, and new data sets contributed approximately 0.1 degrees Celsius to the updated estimate of warming in AR6. Other greenhouse gas concentrations in 2019 were PFCs, or perfluorocarbons, SF6, or sulfur hexafluoride, NF3, or nitrogen trifluoride, HFCs, or hydrofluorocarbon, other Montreal Protocol gases, mainly CFCs and HCFCs, or hydrochlorofluorocarbon. Increases from 2011 are 19 parts per million from carbon dioxide, 63 parts per billion for methane, and 8 parts per billion for nitrous oxide. Land and ocean are not substantial sinks for other greenhouse gases. The term, quote, global surface temperature is used in reference to both global mean surface temperature and 
global surface air temperature throughout this summary. Changes in these quantities are assessed with high confidence to differ by at most 10% from one another. The period 1850 to 1900 represents the earliest period of sufficiently globally complete observations to estimate global surface temperature and, consistent with AR5 and Summary Report 1.5, is used as an approximation for pre-industrial conditions. Since AR5, methodological advances and new data sets have provided a more complete spatial representation of changes in surface temperature, including in the Arctic. These and other improvements have additionally increased the estimate of global surface temperature change by approximately 0.1 degrees Celsius. But this increase does not represent additional physical warming since the AR5 report. The likely range of total human-caused global surface temperature increase from 1850 to 1900 to 2010 through 2019 is 0.8 degrees Celsius to 1.3 degrees Celsius, with a best estimate of 1.0 degrees Celsius. It is likely that well-mixed greenhouse gases contributed a warming of 1 degrees Celsius to 2 degrees Celsius. Other human drivers, principally aerosols, contributed a cooling of 0 degrees Celsius to 0.8 degrees Celsius. Natural drivers changed global surface temperature by negative 0.1 degrees Celsius to 0.1 degrees Celsius, and internal variability changed it by negative 0.2 degrees Celsius to 0.2 degrees Celsius. It is very likely that well-mixed greenhouse gases were the main driver of tropospheric warming since 1979, and extremely likely that human-caused stratospheric ozone depletion was the main driver of cooling of the lower stratosphere between 1979 and the mid-1990s. Globally averaged precipitation over land has likely increased since 1950, with a faster rate of increase since the 1980s. It is likely that human influence contributed to the pattern of observed precipitation changes since the mid-20th century, and extremely likely that human influence contributed to the pattern of observed changes in near-surface ocean salinity. Mid-latitude storm tracks have likely shifted poleward in both hemispheres since the 1980s, with marked seasonality and trends. For the southern hemisphere, human influence very likely contributed to the poleward shift of the closely related extratropical jet in austral summer. Human influence is very likely the main driver of the global retreat of glaciers since the 1990s and the decrease in Arctic sea ice area between 1979 through 1988 and 2010 through 2019 about 40% in September, and about 10% in March. Human influence very likely contributed to the decrease in Northern Hemisphere spring snow cover since 1950. 
it is very likely that human influence has contributed to the observed surface melting of the Greenland ice sheet over the past two decades. But there is only limited evidence, with medium agreement, of human influence on the Antarctic ice sheet mass loss. It is virtually certain that the global upper ocean, 0 through 700 meters, has warmed since the 1970s, and extremely likely that human influence is the main driver. It is virtually certain that human-caused CO2 emissions are the main driver of current global acidification of the surface open ocean. There is high confidence that oxygen levels have dropped in many upper ocean regions since the mid-20th century, and medium confidence that human influence contributed to this drop. Global mean sea level increased by about 0.20 meters between 1901 and 2018. The average rate of sea level rise was about 1.3 millimeters per year between 1901 and 1971, increasing to 1.9 millimeters per year between 1971 and 2006, and further increasing to 3.7 millimeters per year between 2006 and 2018. Human influence was very likely the main driver of these increases since at least 1971. Changes in the land biosphere since 1970 are consistent with global warming. Climate zones have shifted poleward in both hemispheres, and the growing season has on average lengthened by up to two days per decade since the 1950s in the Northern Hemisphere extratropics. The observed warming to 2010 through 2019 is approximately 1.06 degrees Celsius. Throughout this summary, quote, main driver means responsible for more than 50% of the change. The scale of recent changes across the climate system as a whole and the present state of many aspects of the climate system are unprecedented over many centuries to many thousands of years. In 2019, atmospheric CO2 concentrations were higher than at any time in at least 2 million years, and concentrations of methane and nitrous oxide were higher than at any time in at least 800,000 years. Since 1750, increases in CO2, 47%, and methane, 156%, concentrations far exceed, and increases in nitrous oxide 23% are similar to the natural multimillennial changes between glacial and interglacial periods over at least the past 800,000 years. Global surface temperature has increased faster since 1970 than in any other 50-year period over at least the last 2,000 years. Temperatures during the most recent decade, 2011 through 2020, exceed those of the most recent multi-century warm period. Around 6,500 years ago, 
0.2 degrees Celsius to 1 degree Celsius. Prior to that, the next most recent warm period was about 125,000 years ago, when the multi-century temperature, 0.5 degrees Celsius to 1.5 degrees Celsius, overlaps the observations of the most recent decade. In 2011 through 2020, annual average Arctic sea ice area reached its lowest level since at least 1850. Late summer Arctic sea ice area was smaller than at any time in at least the past 1,000 years. The global nature of glacier retreat, with almost all of the world's glaciers retreating synchronously since the 1950s, is unprecedented in at least the last 2,000 years. Global mean sea level has risen faster since 1900 than over any preceding century in at least the last 3,000 years. The global ocean has warmed faster over the past century than since the end of the last deglacial transition around 11,000 years ago. A long-term increase in surface open ocean pH occurred over the past 50 million years, and surface open ocean pH as low as recent decades is unusual in the last 2 million years. As stated in the next section B, even under the very low emission scenario, temperatures are assessed to remain elevated above those of the most recent decade until at least 2100 and therefore warmer than the century-scale period 6,500 years ago. Human-induced climate change is already affecting many weather and climate extremes in every region across the globe. Evidence of observed changes in extremes, such as heat waves, heavy precipitation, droughts, and tropical cyclones, and, in particular, their attribution to human influence, has strengthened since the AR report in 2013. It is virtually certain that hot extremes, including heat waves, have become more frequent and more intense across most land regions since the 1950s, while cold extremes, including cold waves, have become less frequent and less severe with high confidence that human-induced climate change is the main driver of these changes. Some recent hot extremes observed over the past decade would have been extremely unlikely to occur without human influence on the climate system. Marine heat waves have approximately doubled in frequency since the 1980s, and human influence has very likely contributed to most of them since at least 2006. The frequency and intensity of heavy precipitation events have increased since the 1950s over most land area for which observational data are sufficient for trend analysis, and human-induced climate change is likely the main driver. Human-induced climate change has contributed to increases in agricultural and ecological droughts in some regions due to increased land evapotranspiration. Decreases in global land monsoon precipitations from the 1950s to the 1980s 
are partly attributed to human-caused northern hemisphere aerosol emissions, but increases since then have resulted from rising greenhouse gas concentrations and decadal to multi-decadal internal variability. Over South Asia, East Asia, and West Africa, increases in monsoon precipitation due to warming from greenhouse gas emissions were counteracted by decreases in monsoon precipitation due to cooling from human-caused aerosol emissions over the 20th century. Increases in West African monsoon precipitation since the 1980s are partly due to the growing influence of greenhouse gas and reductions in the cooling effect of human-caused aerosol emissions over Europe and North America. Observed changes in meteorological droughts, precipitation deficits, and hydrological droughts, stream flow deficits, are distinct from those in agricultural and ecological droughts and addressed in the underlying AR6 material in Chapter 11. The global monsoon is defined as the area in which the annual range, local summer minus local winter, or precipitation is greater than 2.5 millimeters per day. It is likely that the global proportion of major Category 3 through 5 tropical cyclone and hurricanes occurrence has increased over the last four decades and the latitude where tropical cyclones in the western North Pacific reach their peak intensity has shifted northward. These changes cannot be explained by internal variability alone. Human influence has likely increased the chance of compound extreme events since the 1950s. This includes increases in the frequency of concurrent heat waves and droughts on the global scale. Fire weather in some regions of all inhabited continents, and compound flooding in some locations. Human caused radiative forcing in 2019 relative to 1750 has warmed the climate system. This warming is mainly due to increased greenhouse gas concentrations, partly reduced by cooling due to increased aerosol concentrations. The radiative forcing has increased due to the increase in greenhouse gas concentrations since 2011. The remainder is due to improved scientific understanding and changes in the assessment of aerosol forcing, which include decreases in concentration and improvement in its calculation. Human-caused net positive radiative forcing causes an accumulation of additional energy or heating in the climate system, is partly reduced by increased energy loss to space in response to surface warming. Ocean warming accounted for 91% of the heating in the climate system, with land warming accounting for 5%, ice loss 3%, and atmospheric warming at 1%. Heating of the climate system has caused global mean sea level rise through ice loss on land and thermal expansion from ocean warming. Thermal expansion 
explained 50% of sea level rise during 1971 through 2018, while ice loss from glaciers contributed 22%, ice sheets 20%, and changes in land water storage 8%. The rate of ice sheet loss increased by a factor of four between 1992 through 1999 and 2010 through 2019. Together, ice sheet and glacier mass loss were the dominant contributors to global mean sea level rise during 2006 through 2018. The equilibrium climate sensitivity is an important quantity used to estimate how the climate responds to radiative forcing. Based on multiple lines of evidence, the very likely range of equilibrium climate sensitivity is between 2 degrees Celsius and 5 degrees Celsius. The AR6 report assessed best estimate is 3 degrees Celsius, with a likely range of 2.5 degrees Celsius to 4 degrees Celsius, compared to 1.5 degrees Celsius to 4.5 degrees Celsius in AR5, which did not provide a best estimate. B. Possible Climate Futures A set of five new illustrative emission scenarios is considered consistently across this report to explore the climate response to a broader range of greenhouse gas, land use, and air pollutant futures than assessed in the AR5 report. This set of scenarios drives climate model projections of changes in the climate system. These projections account for solar activity and background forcing from volcanoes. Results over the 21st century are provided for the near term, 2021 through 2040, midterm, 2041 through 2060, and long-term, 2081 through 2100, relative to 1850 through 1900, unless otherwise stated. For the first time in an IPCC report, assessed future changes in global surface temperature, ocean warming, and sea level are constructed by combining multimodal projections with observational constraints based on past simulated warming, as well as the AR6 assessment of climate sensitivity. Throughout this report, there are five illustrative scenarios referred to as SSP1 through SSP5, where SSP refers to the shared socioeconomic pathway describing the socioeconomic trends underlying the scenario. A detailed comparison to scenarios used in the earlier IPCC reports is provided in the technical summary report. The SSPs that underlie the specific forcing scenarios used to drive climate models are not assessed by Working Group 1. IPCC is neutral with regard to the assumptions underlying the SSPs, which do not cover all possible scenarios. Alternative scenarios may be considered or developed.
Global Surface Temperature Global surface temperature will continue to increase until at least the mid-century under all emission scenarios considered. Global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius and 2 degrees Celsius will be exceeded during the 21st century unless deep reductions in CO2 and other greenhouse gas emissions occur in the coming decades. Compared to 1850 through 1900, global surface temperature averaged over 2081 through 2100 is very likely to be higher by 1 degree Celsius to 1.8 degree Celsius under the very low greenhouse gas emission scenario considered. This scenario is called SSP1-1.9. It is expected to be higher by 2.1 degrees Celsius to 3.5 degrees Celsius in the intermediate scenario called SSP2-4.5 and higher by 3.3 degrees Celsius to 5.7 degrees Celsius under the very high greenhouse gas emission scenario called SSP5-8.5. The last time global surface temperature was sustained at or above 2.5 degrees Celsius higher than 1850 to 1900 was over 3 million years ago. Based on the assessment of multiple lines of evidence, global warming of 2 degrees Celsius relative to 1850 through 1900 would be exceeded during the 21st century under the high and very high greenhouse gas emission scenarios considered in this report, called SSP3-7.0 and SSP5-8.5, respectively. Global warming of 2 degrees Celsius would also be extremely likely to be exceeded in the intermediate scenario, called SSP2-4.5 only under the very low and low greenhouse gas emission scenarios, global warming of 2 degrees Celsius is extremely unlikely to be exceeded, scenario SSP1-1.9, or unlikely to be exceeded in scenario SSP1-2.6. Crossing the 2 degrees Celsius global warming level in the midterm period during 2041 through 2060 is very likely to occur under the very high greenhouse gas emission scenario called SSP5-8.5 and likely to occur under the high greenhouse gas emission scenario called SSP3-7.0 and more likely than not to occur in the intermediate greenhouse gas emission scenario called SSP2-4.5. Furthermore, for the very low greenhouse gas emission scenario, it is more likely than not that global surface temperature would decline back to below 1.5 degrees Celsius toward the end of the 21st century, with a temporary overshoot of no more than 0.1 degrees Celsius above 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming. 
The AR6 assessment of when a given global warming level is first exceeded benefits from the consideration of the illustrative scenarios, the multiple lines of evidence entering the assessment of future global surface temperature response to radiative forcing, and the improved estimate of historical warming. The AR6 assessment is thus not directly comparable to the Summary Report 1.5, which reported likely reaching 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming between 2030 and 2052, from a simple linear extrapolation of warming rates of the recent past. Global surface temperature in any single year can vary above or below the long-term human-induced trend due to substantial natural variability. The occurrence of individual years with global surface temperature changes above a certain level, for example, 1.5 degrees Celsius or 2 degrees Celsius relative to 1850 to 1900, does not imply that this global warming level has been reached. Many changes in the climate system become larger in direct relation to increasing global warming. They include increases in the frequency and intensity of hot extremes, marine heat waves, and heavy precipitation, agricultural and ecological droughts in some regions, and proportion of intense tropical cyclones, as well as reductions in Arctic sea ice, snow cover, and permafrost. It is virtually certain that the land surface will continue to warm more than the ocean surface, likely 1.4 to 1.7 times more. It is virtually certain that the Arctic will continue to warm more than global surface temperature, with high confidence above two times the rate of global warming. With every additional increment of global warming, changes in extremes continue to become larger. For example, every additional one-half degree Celsius of global warming causes clearly discernible increases in the intensity and frequency of hot extremes, including heat waves and heavy precipitation, as well as agricultural and ecological droughts in some regions. Discernible changes in intensity and frequency of meteorological droughts, with more regions showing increases than decreases, are seen in some regions for every one-half degree Celsius of global warming. Increases in frequency and intensity of hydrological droughts become larger with increasing global warming in some regions. There will be an increasing occurrence of some extreme events unprecedented in the observational record with additional global warming, even at one and a half degrees Celsius of global warming. Projected percentage changes in frequency are higher for rarer events. Natural variability refers to climatic fluctuations that occur without any human influence. That is, internal variability combined with the response to external natural factors such as volcanic eruptions, changes in solar activity, and on longer timescales, orbital effects and plate tectonics. The internal variability in any single year is estimated to be plus or minus 0.25 degrees Celsius. 
projected changes in agricultural and ecological droughts are primarily assessed based on total column soil moisture. Some mid-latitude and semi-arid regions and the South American monsoon region are projected to see the highest increase in the temperature of the hottest days at about 1.5 to 2 times the rate of global warming. The Arctic is projected to experience the highest increase in the temperature of the coldest days at about three times the rate of global warming. With additional global warming, the frequency of marine heat waves will continue to increase, particularly in the tropical ocean and the Arctic. It is very likely that heavy precipitation events will intensify and become more frequent in most regions with additional global warming. At the global scale, extreme daily precipitation events are projected to intensify by about 7% for each 1 degree Celsius of global warming. The proportion of intense tropical cyclones and hurricanes, categories 4 and 5, and peak wind speeds of the most intense tropical cyclones are projected to increase at the global scale with increasing global warming. Additional warming is projected to further amplify permafrost thawing and loss of seasonal snow cover, of land ice, and of Arctic sea ice. The Arctic is likely to be practically sea ice-free in September, at least once before 2050, under the five illustrative scenarios considered in this report, with more frequent occurrences for higher warming levels. Continued global warming is projected to further intensify the global water cycle, including its variability, global monsoon precipitation, and the severity of wet and dry events. There is strengthened evidence since the AR5 report in 2013 that the global water cycle will continue to intensify as global temperatures rise with precipitation and surface water flows projected to become more variable over most land regions within seasons and from year to year. The average annual global land precipitation is projected to increase by 0 through 5% under the very low greenhouse gas emission scenario, 1.5 through 8% for the intermediate greenhouse gas emission scenario, and 1 through 13% under the very high greenhouse gas emission scenario by 2081 through 2100, relative to 1995 through 2014. Precipitation is projected to increase over high latitudes, the equatorial Pacific, and parts of the monsoon regions, but decrease over parts of the subtropics and limited areas in the tropics in SSP2. SSP3, and SSP5 scenarios. The portion of the global land experiencing detectable increases or decreases in seasonal mean precipitation is projected to increase. There is high confidence in an earlier onset of spring snowmelt with higher peak flows at the expense of summer flows in snow-dominated regions globally. A warmer climate will intensify very wet and very dry weather and climate events and seasons with implications for flooding or drought, 
but the location and frequency of these events depend on projected changes in regional atmospheric circulation, including monsoons and mid-latitude storm tracks. It is very likely that rainfall variability related to the El Nino Southern Oscillation is projected to be amplified by the second half of the 21st century in the SSP2, SSP3, and SSP5 scenarios. Monsoon precipitation is projected to increase in the mid to long term at global scales, particularly over South and Southeast Asia, East Asia, and West Africa, apart from the far West Sahara. The monsoon season is projected to have a delayed onset over North and South America and West Africa, and a delayed retreat over West Africa. A projected southward shift and intensification of southern hemisphere, summer mid-latitude storm tracks, and associated precipitation is likely in the long term under high greenhouse gas emission scenarios. But in the near term, the effect of stratospheric ozone recovery counteracts these changes. There is medium confidence in a continued poleward shift of storms and their precipitation in the North Pacific while there is low confidence in projected changes in the North Atlantic storm tracks. Under scenarios with increasing CO2 emissions, the ocean and land carbon sinks are projected to be less effective at slowing the accumulation of CO2 in the atmosphere. While natural land and ocean carbon sinks are projected to take up, in absolute terms, a progressively larger amount of CO2 under higher, compared to lower CO2 emission scenarios, they become less effective. That is, the proportion of emissions taken up by land and ocean decrease with increasing cumulative CO2 emissions. This is projected to result in a higher proportion of emitted CO2 remaining in the atmosphere. Based on model projections, Under the intermediate scenario that stabilizes atmospheric CO2 concentrations this century, the rates of CO2 taken up by the land and oceans are projected to decrease in the second half of the 21st century. Under the very low and low greenhouse gas emission scenarios, where CO2 concentrations peak and decline during the 21st century, land and oceans begin to take up less carbon in response to declining atmospheric CO2 concentrations and turn into a weak net source by 2100 under SSP1-1.9. It is very unlikely that the combined global land and ocean sink will turn into a source by 2100 under scenarios without net negative emissions. The magnitude of feedbacks between climate change and the carbon cycle becomes larger, but also more uncertain in high CO2 emission scenarios. However, climate model projections show that the uncertainties in atmospheric CO2 concentrations by 2100 are dominated by the differences between emission scenarios. Additional ecosystem responses to warming not yet fully included in climate models, such as CO2 and methane fluxes from wetlands, permafrost thaw, and wildfires 
would further increase concentrations of these gases in the atmosphere. Many changes due to past and future greenhouse gas emissions are irreversible for centuries to millennia, especially changes in the ocean, ice sheets, and global sea level. Past greenhouse gas emissions since 1750 have committed the global ocean to future warming. Over the rest of the 21st century, likely ocean warming ranges from 2 to 4 to 4 to 8 times the 1971 through 2018 changes, depending on scenario. Based on multiple lines of evidence, upper ocean stratification, ocean acidification, and ocean deoxygenation will continue to increase in the 21st century at rates dependent on future emissions. Irreversible Changes to Our Oceans Changes are irreversible on centennial to millennial timescales in global ocean temperature, deep ocean acidification, and deoxygenation. Mountain and polar glaciers are committed to continue melting for decades or centuries. Loss of permafrost carbon following permafrost thaw is irreversible at centennial timescales. Continued ice loss over the 21st century is virtually certain for the Greenland ice sheet and likely for the Antarctic ice sheet. There is high confidence that total ice loss from the Greenland ice sheet will increase with cumulative emissions. It is virtually certain that global mean sea level will continue to rise over the 21st century. Relative to 1995 through 2014, the likely global mean sea level rise by 2100 is 0.28 through 0.55 meters under the very low greenhouse gas emission scenario, 0.32 through 0.62 meters under the low greenhouse gas emission scenario, 0.44 through 0.76 meters under the intermediate greenhouse gas emission scenario, and 0.63 through 1.01 meters under the very high greenhouse gas emission scenario. By 2150, sea level rise is expected to be 0.37 through 0.86 meters under the very low scenario, 0.46 through 0.99 meters under the low scenario, 0.66 through 1.33 meters under the intermediate scenario, and 0.98 through 1.88 meters under the very high scenario. There is a possibility that global mean sea level will rise above the likely ranges just noted, approaching 2 meters by 2100 and 5 meters by 2150 under a very high greenhouse gas emission scenario. These possibilities cannot be ruled out due to deep uncertainty in ice sheet processes. In the longer term, sea level is committed to rise for centuries to millennia due to continuing deep ocean warming and ice sheet melt and will remain elevated for thousands of years. Over the next 2,000 years, 
global mean sea level will rise by about 2 to 3 meters if warming is limited to 1.5 degrees Celsius, 2 to 6 meters if limited to 2 degrees Celsius, and 19 to 22 meters with 5 degrees Celsius of warming. And it will continue to rise over subsequent millennia. Projections of multimillennial global mean sea level rise are consistent with reconstructed levels during past warm climate periods, likely 5 to 10 meters higher than today, around 125,000 years ago, when global temperatures were very likely a half degree Celsius to 1.5 degrees Celsius higher than 1850 through 1900, and very likely 5 through 25 meters higher, roughly 3 million years ago, when global temperatures were 2.5 degrees Celsius through 4 degrees Celsius higher. C. Climate Information for Risk Assessment and Regional Adaptation Physical climate information addresses how the climate system responds to the interplay between human influence, natural drivers, and internal variability. Knowledge of the climate response and the range of possible outcomes, including low likelihood, high-impact outcomes, informs climate services, the assessment of climate-related risks, and adaptation planning. Physical climate information at global, regional, and local scales is developed from multiple lines of evidence, including observational products, climate model outputs, and tailored diagnostics. Natural drivers and internal variability will modulate human-caused changes, especially at regional scales and in the near term with little effect on centennial global warming. These modulations are important to consider in planning for the full range of possible changes. The historical global surface temperature record highlights that variability over decades has enhanced and masked underlying human-caused long-term changes, and this variability will continue into the future. For example, internal decadal variability and variations in solar and volcanic drivers partially masked human-caused surface global warming during 1998 through 2012, with pronounced regional and seasonal signatures. Nonetheless, the heating of the climate system continued during this period, as reflected in both the continued warming of the global ocean and in the continued rise of hot extremes over land. Projected human-caused changes in mean climate and climatic impact drivers, or CIDs, including extremes, will be either amplified or attenuated by internal variability. Near-term cooling at any particular location, with respect to present climate, could occur and would be consistent with the global surface temperature increase due to human influence. Internal variability has largely been responsible for the amplification and attenuation of the observed human-caused decadal to multi-decadal mean precipitation changes in many land regions. At global and regional scales, near-term changes in monsoons will be dominated by the effects of internal variability. 
In addition to internal variability influence, near-term projected changes in precipitation at global and regional scales are uncertain because of model uncertainty and uncertainty in forcings from natural and human-caused aerosols. Based on paleoclimate and historical evidence, it is likely that at least one large explosive volcanic eruption would occur during the 21st century. Such an eruption would reduce global surface temperature and precipitation, especially over land, for one to three years, alter the global monsoon circulation, modify extreme precipitation, and change many climate impact drivers. If such an eruption occurs, this would therefore temporarily and partially mask human-caused climate change. With further global warming, every region is projected to increasingly experience concurrent and multiple changes in climate impact drivers. Changes in several climatic impact drivers would be more widespread at 2 degrees Celsius compared to 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming, and even more widespread and or pronounced for higher warming levels. All regions are projected to experience further increases in hot climatic impact drivers and decreases in cold climatic impact drivers. Further decreases are projected in permafrost, snow, glaciers, and ice sheets, lake, and Arctic sea ice. These changes would be larger at 2 degrees Celsius global warming or above 1.5 degrees Celsius. For example, extreme heat thresholds relevant to agriculture and health are projected to be exceeded more frequently at higher global warming levels. At 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming, heavy precipitation and associated flooding are projected to intensify and be more frequent in most regions in Africa and Asia, North America, and Europe. Also, more frequent and or severe agricultural and ecological droughts are projected in a few regions in all continents except Asia compared to 1850 through 1900. Increases in meteorological droughts are also projected in a few regions. A small number of regions are projected to experience increases or decreases in mean precipitation. At 2 degrees Celsius global warming and above, the level of confidence in and the magnitude of the change in droughts and heavy and mean precipitation increase compared to those at 1.5 degrees Celsius. Heavy precipitation and associated flooding events are projected to become more intense and frequent in the Pacific Islands and across many regions of North America and Europe. These changes are also seen in some regions in Australia and Central and South America. Several regions in Africa, South America, and Europe are projected to experience an increase in frequency and or severity of agricultural and ecological droughts with medium to high confidence. Increases are also projected in Australia, Central and North America, and the Caribbean. A small number of regions in Africa, Australia, Europe, and North America are also projected to be affected by increases in hydrological droughts 
and several regions are projected to be affected by increases or decreases in meteorological droughts, with more regions displaying an increase. Mean precipitation is projected to increase in all polar, northern European, and northern North American regions, most Asian regions, and two regions of South America. More climate impact drivers across more regions are projected to change at 2 degrees Celsius and above compared to 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming. Region-specific changes include intensification of tropical cyclones and or extratropical storms, increases in river floods, reductions in mean precipitation, and increases in aridity and increases in fire weather. It is very likely to virtually certain that regional mean relative sea level rise will continue throughout the 21st century, except in a few regions with substantial geologic land uplift rates. Approximately two-thirds of the global coastline has a projected regional relative sea level rise within plus or minus 20% of the global mean increase. Due to relative sea level rise, extreme sea level events that occurred once per century in the recent past are projected to occur at least annually at more than half of all tide gauge locations by 2100. Relative sea level rise contributes to increases in the frequency and severity of coastal flooding in low-lying areas and to coastal erosion along most sandy coasts. Cities intensify, human-induced warming locally, and further urbanization together with more frequent hot extremes will increase the severity of heat waves. Urbanization also increases mean and heavy precipitation over and or downwind of cities and resulting runoff intensity. In coastal cities, the combination of more frequent extreme sea level events due to sea level rise and storm surge, and extreme rainfall, river flow events, will make flooding more probable. Many regions are projected to experience an increase in the probability of compound events with higher global warming. In particular, concurrent heat waves and droughts are likely to become more frequent. Concurrent extremes at multiple locations become more frequent including in crop-producing areas at 2 degrees Celsius and above compared to 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming. Low likelihood outcomes, such as ice sheet collapse, abrupt ocean circulation changes, some compound extreme events, and warming substantially larger than the assessed, very likely range of future warming, cannot be ruled out and are part of risk assessment. If global warming exceeds the assessed very likely range for a given greenhouse gas emission scenario, including low greenhouse gas emission scenarios, global and regional changes in many aspects of the climate system, such as regional precipitation and other climate impact drivers, would also exceed their assessed very likely ranges. Such low likelihood, high warming outcomes are associated with potentially very large impacts, such as through more intense and more frequent heat waves and heavy precipitation, 
and high risks for human and ecological systems, particularly for high greenhouse gas emission scenarios. Low likelihood, high impact outcomes could occur at global and regional scales, even for global warming within the very likely range for a given greenhouse gas emission scenario. The probability of low likelihood, high impact outcomes increases with higher global warming levels. Abrupt responses and tipping points of the climate system, such as strongly increased Antarctic ice sheet melt and forest dieback, cannot be ruled out. If global warming increases, some compound extreme events that had low likelihood in the past and current climate will become more frequent, and there will be a higher likelihood that events with increased intensities, durations, and or spatial extents unprecedented in the observational record will occur. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, or AMOC, is very likely to weaken over the 21st century for all emission scenarios. The AMOC is one of the major current systems in the world's oceans and plays a crucial role in regulating climate. While there is high confidence in the 21st century decline, there is only low confidence in the magnitude of the trend. There is medium confidence that there will not be an abrupt collapse before 2100. If such a collapse were to occur, it would very likely cause abrupt shifts in regional weather patterns and water cycle, such as a southward shift in the tropical rain belt, weakening of the African and Asian monsoons, and strengthening of southern hemisphere monsoons and drying in Europe. Unpredictable and rare natural events not related to human influence on climate may lead to low likelihood, high impact outcomes. For example, a sequence of large explosive volcanic eruptions within decades has occurred in the past, causing substantial global and regional climate perturbations over several decades. Such events cannot be ruled out in the future, but due to their inherent unpredictability, they are not included in the illustrative set of scenarios referred to in this report. D. Limiting Future Climate Change Since the AR5 Report of 2013 Estimates of remaining carbon budgets have been improved by a new methodology first presented in Summary Report 1.5. A comprehensive range of possible future air pollution controls in all scenarios is used to consistently assess the effects of various assumptions on projections of climate and air pollution. A novel development is the ability to ascertain when climate responses to emissions reductions would become discernible above natural climate variability, including internal variability and responses to natural drivers. From a physical science perspective, Limiting human-induced global warming to a specific level requires limiting cumulative CO2 emissions, reaching at least net-zero CO2 emissions, along with strong reductions in other greenhouse gas emissions. 
strong, rapid, and sustained reductions in methane emissions would also limit the warming effect resulting from declining aerosol pollution and would improve air quality. This report reaffirms with high confidence of the AR5 report finding that there is a near-linear relationship between cumulative human-caused CO2 emissions and the global warming they cause. Each 1,000 gigatons of CO2 of cumulative CO2 emissions is assessed to likely cause a 0.27 degrees Celsius to 0.63 degrees Celsius increase in global surface temperature with a best estimate of 0.45 degrees Celsius. This is a narrower range compared to prior reports of AR5 and summary report 1.5. This quantity is referred to as the transient climate response to cumulative CO2 emissions, or TCRE. This relationship implies that reaching net zero in human-caused CO2 emissions is a requirement to stabilize human-induced global temperature increase at any level. Over the period 1850 through 2019, a total of approximately 2,390 gigatons of CO2 of human-caused CO2 was emitted. Remaining carbon budgets have been estimated for several global temperature limits and various levels of probability based on the estimated value of the climate response and its uncertainty, estimates in historical warming, variations in projected warming from non-CO2 emissions, climate system feedbacks such as emissions from thawing permafrost, and the global surface temperature change after global human-caused CO2 emissions reaching net zero. Several factors that determine estimates of the remaining carbon budget have been reassessed, and updates to these factors since Summary Report 1.5 are small. When adjusted for emissions since previous reports, estimates of remaining carbon budgets are therefore of similar magnitude compared to Summary Report 1.5, but larger compared to the AR5 report due to methodological improvements. Human-caused CO2 removal has the potential to remove CO2 from the atmosphere and durably store it in reservoirs. Removal of CO2 aims to compensate for residual emissions to reach net-zero CO2 or net-zero greenhouse gas emissions, or if implemented at a scale where human-caused removals exceed human-caused emissions, to lower surface temperature. Removal methods can have potentially wide-ranging effects on biogeochemical cycles and climate, which can either weaken or strengthen the potential of these methods to remove CO2 and reduce warming, and can also influence water availability and quality, food production, and biodiversity. Human-caused CO2 removal leading to global net negative emissions would lower the atmospheric CO2 concentration and reverse surface ocean acidification. Human-caused CO2 removals and emissions are partially compensated by CO2 release and uptake, respectively, from or to land and ocean carbon pools. Human-caused CO2 removals would lower atmospheric CO2 
by an amount approximately equal to the increase from a human-caused emission of the same magnitude. The atmospheric CO2 decrease from human-caused CO2 removals could be up to 10% less than the atmospheric CO2 increase from an equal amount of CO2 emissions, depending on the total amount of removal. If global net negative CO2 emissions were to be achieved and be sustained, the global CO2-induced surface temperature increase would be gradually reversed, but other climate changes would continue in their current direction for decades to millennia. For instance, it would take several centuries to millennia for global mean sea level to reverse course even under large net negative CO2 emissions. In the five illustrative scenarios, simultaneous changes in methane, aerosol, and ozone precursor emissions that also contribute to air pollution lead to a net global surface warming in the near and long term. In the long term, this net warming is lower in scenarios assuming air pollution controls combined with strong and sustained methane emission reductions. In the low and very low greenhouse gas emission scenarios, assumed reductions in human-caused aerosol emissions lead to a net warming, while reductions in methane and other ozone precursor emissions lead to a net cooling. Because of the short lifetime of both methane and aerosols, these climate effects partially counterbalance each other, and reductions in methane emissions also contribute to improved air quality by reducing global surface ozone. When taking into account emissions since the AR5 report, estimates in AR6 are about 300 through 350 gigatons of CO2 larger for the remaining carbon budget consistent with limiting warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. For 2 degrees Celsius, the difference is about 400 to 500 gigatons of CO2. Potential negative and positive effects of CO2 removal for biodiversity, water, and food production are method-specific and are often highly dependent on local context, management, prior land use, and scale. IPCC Working Groups 2 and 3 assess the human-caused CO2 removal potential and ecological and socioeconomic effects of these methods in their AR6 contributions. Achieving global net zero CO2 emissions is a requirement for stabilizing CO2-induced global surface temperature increase with human-caused CO2 emissions balanced by human-caused removals of CO2. This is different from achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions, where metric-weighted human-caused greenhouse gas emissions equal metric-weighted human-caused greenhouse gas removals. Emissions reductions in 2020 associated with measures to reduce the spread of COVID-19 led to temporary but detectable effects on air pollution and an associated small temporary increase in total radiative forcing, primarily due to reductions in cooling caused by aerosols arising from human activities. Global and regional climate responses to this temporary forcing are, however, undetectable above natural variability. 
atmospheric CO2 concentrations continued to rise in 2020, with no detectable decrease in the observed CO2 growth rate. Reductions in greenhouse gas emissions also lead to air quality improvements. However, in the near term, even in scenarios with strong reduction of greenhouse gases, as in the low and very low greenhouse gas emission scenarios, these improvements are not sufficient in many polluted regions to achieve air quality guidelines specified by the World Health Organization. Scenarios with targeted reductions of air pollutant emissions lead to more rapid improvements in air quality within years compared to reductions in greenhouse gas emissions only. But from 2040, Further improvements are projected in scenarios that combine efforts to reduce air pollutants as well as greenhouse gas emissions, with the magnitude of the benefit varying between regions. Scenarios with very low or low greenhouse gas emissions would have rapid and sustained effects to limit human-caused climate change, compared with scenarios with high or very high greenhouse gas emissions but early responses of the climate system can be masked by natural variability. For global surface temperature, differences in 20-year trends would likely emerge during the near term under a very low greenhouse gas emission scenario, relative to high or very high greenhouse gas emission scenario. The response of many other climate variables would emerge from natural variability at different times later in the 21st century. Scenarios with very low and low greenhouse gas emissions would lead to substantially smaller changes in a range of climate impact drivers beyond 2040 than under high and very high greenhouse gas emission scenarios. By the end of the century, scenarios with very low and low greenhouse gas emissions would strongly limit the change of several climate impact drivers while limiting the number of regions where such exceedances occur relative to higher greenhouse gas emission scenarios. In summary, climate changes would be smaller in very low compared to low emission scenarios. Climate changes would also be less in intermediate scenarios compared to high or very high emission scenarios. The lower emission scenarios are ultimately what we all need to strive for. What can I do to make a difference? Climate change is becoming more apparent with each season as we see more and more weather events. A good exercise in self-reflection can bring about changes in our thoughts and actions. Start by asking yourself, what have I done to reduce my carbon footprint up to this point? If you can name things like recycling, reducing your food waste, eating primarily plant-based foods, composting, or driving a hybrid or electric vehicle, then congratulations on taking some important steps. If you would like to learn more about how to change your lifestyle, visit the National Resource Defense Council's website, www.nrdc.org, and look under the, quote, Our Stories tab to find the article, How You Can Stop Global Warming. 
This is just one of many resources that you can find by doing a search on how to reduce your carbon footprint. I hope you found this report, Climate Change 2021, The Physical Science Basis, very helpful in understanding the issues we face today. As more reports from the IPCC are released, please join us to hear more about these findings and how we can help the environment today.